Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Not So Daily Show, the show that comes to you daily, except when it doesn't. I'm your host, Timber Kevin. On today's show, we celebrate women. Naomi Osaka. Tusom Bedu. And single Ravele. I'm angry that anyone would dare child a ch- would dare tell a child in Africa that their African hair is unacceptable. We've got a great show. Stick around. Yeah, so bro, it's it's really cool, eh? Right, right out the gate. I saw I saw a tweet by Linda Mueketi that said we're in COVID um, level two, load shading stage two, and it's two degrees Celsius. So <laughs> the government It's a lot of struggles. It's a lot of struggles. So the government is basically telling you to go home early to your home with no electricity during the coldest time of the year. And they might as well just say single people go fuck yourselves because what else can you do in this time besides have sex? Bro. And bro, I thought stage two meant two hours of load shading. But it actually means twice a day because you go to bed without electricity and you wake up without it. And that's like even in the more affluent areas. In places like Cosmo City, stage two means two weeks. Those guys can go two weeks without electricity. Like constantly? Constantly, like straight up. Jeez, man. Yeah. But one thing I will give this load shading is that it does not discriminate. Like even Michali posted that she was struggling with load shading. Her power cut was she was trying to boil water that she had to buy just so she could take a bath. It's even worse because it's not just electricity. There are even water cuts going on right now. And you know it's bad when even Michali is struggling to get wet. But, but she's not the only one. Uh, Leanne Manners is also struggling with water cuts, not to get wet. <laughs> she tweeted, no water, no electricity, bills are increasing, service delivery is declining, frustration is growing, and patience is dwindling. Which is like how a lot of us feel right now, because we don't even know what's going on. There's power outages aren't being conducted the way they said they would. I mean, power goes off at the wrong times, it goes off more times than we think, so we're literally and figuratively kept in the dark. And we would ask the government to communicate, but we're scared they might just go and hire digital vibes. But even with all this ESCOM problems that we're facing, one thing that isn't losing power in South Africa is racism. When a teacher stopped me, she had this big frown that encompassed her whole face and swallowed me whole. And she looked me dead in the eyes and said, your hair is unpresentable, it is messy, and it's not the corner way. She also proceeded to tell me that I'd look better if I chemically straightened my hair. Now, when I look back, I feel angry. I'm angry that anyone would dare, child a ch- would dare tell a child in Africa that their African hair is unacceptable. It continued when I was barred from speaking my home language with my classmates, while simultaneously having math lessons turn into Viskinder. South Africa's problems with racism were brought to the forefront this past week at Cornwall Hill College, where a young single Rabele had to stand in front of the country and relay her experiences with racial discrimination. But not all people that were tuned in were empathetic. Helen Zill had this to say. There are many, many schools that only have black teachers. By far, the majority, in fact. Yet you find many black parents seeking education for their children elsewhere. Please explain that anomaly. Well, I believe there are many, many schools in Australia that only have white parents. But yet you are still here in the country trying to oppress people in their own homeland. But the weirdest thing about this is that there were still some black people that were saying stuff like, oh, poor rich kids, why do their parents send them to the schools? And for me, bro, I can't believe there's still a black person in this country that is willing to be told where and where they can't go. It's ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, bro. 
like as you said like in any country whether you're the majority or not you shouldn't be told where you can go, go to, to school, school you where know? you can't do you know what i mean so it doesn't even make sense that's a leader it's it's so weird that in recent weeks we're covering or we're having we have so many um instances where leaders are saying dumb things but i wouldn't call helen zilla leader in like for me when you say you're a leader you lead the public you lead the majority you lead a lot of people if you are leading a group of dumb white people that's not leadership that's that's like okay we all hate black people let's go this side we're all stupid let's go this side that's not leadership for me but it's still surprising that this is you know at the end of the day this was the leader of the DA for a long time this was someone who wanted to you know they wanted to govern the country and it's like obviously now there's less pressure on her to you know present herself in a polished light yeah because the DA doesn't care exactly but um yeah, it's, it's still surprising. I guess it's more like she's revealing. This is the same person things. that said stuff like, we must acknowledge the benefits of colonization because there is so much infrastructure that, that the country has. Fuck and out of here, bro. Bro, fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> fuck out of here. So for me, I was saying, why don't you just go to a country where white people are the majority and live as white people? Because fact is, sure, People keep calling out corruption, this and that, right? But, like we've covered, there was much corruption, a lot of corruption during apartheid. So we're not making corruption fair or whatever, but it was easier to hide apartheid corruption because you stole from all of us. You stole from 50-something million people to benefit the minority, which is just a few millions. So obviously you could hide your corruption, but now, because of those years of stealing, you still have the resources, you have the money, you have the land. So you can go and build a school like Cornwall in Irene, in Centurion, because we don't have the land. And then now you're going to go build that school and say it's a white school, black people can't go to it, but the black people that live around that school have to now take their kids to go to school in Soweto and wherever we, wherever the land that you have left and said won't exactly. use it still exists. But also so basically, like, like you can then say things like, um, let's, let's acknowledge the benefits of colonization simply because you were the one, one who with the power who to build these things. You know exactly. what I mean? If you were the one who was, stri- was stripped of these things, you'd be complaining and saying, look at these black people, they took all our things, they're building all these other yeah. things that are not for us. Exactly. It makes so no sense. Give us back the land, give us back the money. And we'll gladly build our old schools and not send our exactly. kids to, to the white schools. Exactly. I mean, the, the worst thing was that the governor of the Reserve Bank, whose, whose kid goes to that school, was there protesting. This is the governor of the Reserve Bank. This is the person that holds the money of the country. Has to go protest and beg white people to treat his child fairly. What like, what the fuck is that? In, in, what the fuck is that's that? That's why, like, honestly, for me, this was disheartening because... In our own country, like, in our own country, to, to for this to still be the treatment at this point in time, like I feel like just white people, like just get with the program. But I also blame our government in the sense that it's just too comfortable to be racist in South Africa, bro. Mm. It's too comfortable, like you can still live in your own colonies, like there's still restaurants where you can go to and realize it's all white people because in that Cape Town, in Cape Town and in Joburg, if you go to Parkhurst. Great restaurants, great vibe, but it's mainly white people. That's because only white people live around that area. Why do white people live around that area? Because they had those stands long before um, 
uh, apartheid uh, came to fall and nobody can well black people can't afford those those stands so what the area is still white and you look at many of the affluent areas in south africa they are white not because white people are spending millions on stands they own those stands they've been having they, have and they had them when it was well, like before. cheap it was cheap exactly now they have even the nice cars they drive they're not paying the money you're paying and that's why people were even going off at the Reserve Bank governor saying, you still let these racist banks operate in South Africa, these banks that don't want to give us home loans, these banks that don't want to fund our businesses. Crazy yet, interest rates. Crazy interest rates for us to do anything. Yet your child is going through this racism at ground level. You know, and people, adults are begging you and say, yo, dude, this racism exists everywhere from banks to schools to workplaces. I mean, how, bro? Like, I, I was saying to someone last week that I think our country's bipolar mm. because um, that I don't know if that's the right analogy, but um, I was talking about Boiti and um, her uh, the alcohol brand that yeah. she now has, and the fact that it's so expensive. But when you look at who is supposedly your market, yeah. you know where you've placed the, your your exactly. Your it doesn't make sense. Those things are, they don't... Yeah, a lot of things don't add up. Someone even said, coming back to this corner thing, you as a parent go to work and you're mistreated by white people and your child is at school being mistreated by white people. And it's like, so they were saying, why do you send your child there? Which I understand, but the solution is not to not work. And it's not for my child not to get educated. So we need to look at other solutions. You know, and that's why it's so difficult. But to, but that's to that's what I down. was trying to get to about the country being bipolar is that our, it's almost like our leaders are afraid to upset the status yeah, quo. Exactly. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the the corporations that help to contribute to the country are white owned. Exactly. Right? So there's a lot of white power, white capital, and it's like they're afraid to upset all that mm. but in 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 being complacent or in just keeping quiet about this you have millions of south africans who are now struggling yeah so we're bipolar in that sense is that exactly. we act like we are this um, progressive country we've got our shit figured out but we don't like how are we struggling with these things like we're just a fearful you country. know what i mean like the governor's kids you'd expect to be at the best schools where they're treated like kings. Like kings. You know what I mean? Not that that is right. But that but is, you'd expect It's that. more normal than you this. You know what I mean? So it's surprising. Then, then, and no offense to any teachers or any headmasters, but only in a racial system is somebody just because they're white as a headmaster or principal oppressing the governor's child because they're black. Only in a system where white white headmaster carries more weight than black governor of the reserve bank only only in a racial system it's crazy but unfortunately we have to move on from um one black woman being oppressed by the system just because she's black to another that's being oppressed by another system just because she's black or she is not white which is naomi osaka tennis star naomi osaka has pulled out of the french open following her announcement just last week that she would not take part in press conferences. Now, doing press conferences is unfortunately a requirement, part of the job of being an athlete. And as a result, she was fined and threatened with harsher sanctions for skipping her mandatory media obligations. 
This is her statement in regard to pulling out of the French Open. She says, I think now is the best thing for the tournament. The other players and my well being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. This kind of started yesterday. Like yesterday, I just woke up and I was really depressed, but I don't know why. The recent revelations are nothing new. I'm just an okay player that was able to play okay. I, like I'm so sad right now. I, uh. Naomi Osaka had to bow out of, the, of Roland Garros just because she didn't want to do interviews. In a world where mental health is on everybody's lips, people are saying that Naomi Osaka is a big baby for not wanting to do interviews. How the f Okay, sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm just so upset. Dude, so I can't be talented and not want to speak like i saw some interview where Charlemagne was at some stupid ass white guy was saying naomi osaka work, works 12 days a year and she does she, all she does is hit a ball he's he's a podcaster he does what she doesn't want to do 24 7. he talks to people for a living well i do what she's afraid of doing for a living what yeah. she's like i don't want to answer questions after i play tennis i literally talk to people for a living but that but shit gets exhausting I just, it's not like you physically injured. You stress because you got to answer questions after the match. Hey, you got to work 12 days a year, B. I don't I'm know sorry. her life. Bro, I work seven days a week. And you yeah. don't get mentally exhausted? I do. Yes. Okay. Imagine I work 12 days a year. I'd be like, I'm okay. Depends what you're doing. Yes. Hitting a ball, Charlotte. Come on. <laughs> Hitting a fucking ball. I hate it when we cap for these athletes. Like, they do some hard yeah. shit. They do. They do. They hit a ball. I can't do it. I'm like, well, firstly, fuck you. But... Firstly, she doesn't work 12 times a year. To get in shape for those tournaments is a year-round discipline that sitting on your ass will never get you. And what, talking to people is more difficult than being a top-performing athlete? I don't know anyone who, who grew up not wanting to be an athlete, no matter what sport you wanted. The reason Barack Obama was speaking to Marcus Rashford saying that, well, the only reason I'm president is because I wasn't quite as gifted as you at sport. I wanted to be a basketballer. And most of our stories, if you relay, if you pull back where kids started, there's some other sport they wanted to play, but they weren't quite talented enough. Now there's this girl who is not white, who is the best of natural talent. And if you've ever watched any interview of Naomi Osaka, you know she's the most shy person. Yeah. She gives the most socially awkward interviews because she clearly is not playing tennis for that. And now she's like, this shit is throwing me off. I just want to play. I'll talk to you guys after. And first, Roland Garros finds her, and then now she leaves the tournament. And they think, I don't know what they think, but this is going to kill them much more than it's killing her. Because if they haven't learned from Colin Kaepernick, is that if you try to bring a black person down, you're only making them 10 times stronger. So, But also, you're trying to break someone's will for not um, wanting to play something that they're good at in the way that you, you, know, you, are, you are saying these are the rules. You, you can only play with, with us or for us in this, in this way. way. And the, the funny thing is, these people are not even really interrupting um, your system. Do you know what no, I mean? Exactly. Because like, as you said, what's more important, interviews or this athlete performing? Performing. Do you know what I mean? I, like I now, your competition is less competitive. You know, it's just, for me, it's just like, we don't give, I, I think it's very racially motivated because, dog, she's just, I feel like that Serena, if you, if you listen to interviews from Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle going to watch Serena play, 
They say, dog, tennis is the most hostile environment for black people. Oh. Like, you're literally performing there and people don't want you to win. There's an interview Naomi Osaka did where she, she played in Australia. She's like, I'm really sorry I won because I know you guys were all rooting for the other lady. At a Grand Slam for the first time. This must be an exceptional feeling for you right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel really happy, but also I'm kind of sorry because I know you guys really wanted her to win. Um. I'm like, what? And when you listen to, um, I think it's Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle, it's like when you are there live and it's all these white people and you're in Europe or you're in Australia and you're seeing how they all wish this black person would lose and they conquer, you realize how much these people are fighting against. We were sitting there in the box, but they had given us tickets because they came to the party the night before and Serena marked it. It was just really great. My daughter was with me too. For her to see a black woman in that context dominate, the begrudging crowd kind of like, oh man. You could tell they weren't, they weren't happy she won. I didn't realize, not having seen, you know, I'm not a big tennis fan, but seeing it live, I didn't realize the type of Pressure. cultural adversity oh, the, yeah. those women face, being black in this white arena and dominating the way they did. And then we look on the outside, like, go do the interviews. Yeah. Dude, these people are probably the only black person, her and her family are the only black people there. You know? Tennis is such a white sport. You feel uncomfortable. Bro. You feel uncomfortable. And you must go talk and explain to them every day. I think there's also there's also like ignorance of the fact that you know people's personalities are different and also mm. their their mental I want to say capacity but like the things that they choose to put energy into yeah. are different. So Naomi chooses to put effort into being a good a great athlete. Yeah. Um, other people easily speak on camera and all that stuff. That's your that's that's where you're comfortable as well. Are you playing for the money or are you playing because you love it? If you're playing for the money, like I don't want to mention names, sure, you will force through these interviews if they say, if you don't do the interview, you don't play, which means you don't get paid. But she clearly is not playing for the money. She's like, I don't want to do the interviews. I will even pay your fines. I will even go out of the tournament. I just want to play tennis. How is that such a big problem? But I, I respect her, her decision yeah. to pull out, um, you know, mental health over everything. I fully agree. I fully agree. But in one good story of black women prospering, Tucson Bedu is continuing her amazing press run in the States. And this past week, she was on Ellen's show, like her first live um, in-studio interview, and it's on Ellen DeGeneres. I feel so honored that you're here. This is your first American Daytime show, and uh, I can't tell you how... Uh, Amazing you are. And uh, Oprah and I were talking about, she's, of course, loves the show as well. And I was telling her that you were going to be on today. And she just, we're both in awe of you. You're incredible. Thank you. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you're from South Africa. Yes. Which is a, a beautiful place. I've been there a couple of times. Ellen is not everybody's favorite person right now. And the show is about to end. But with the history of the show, this is huge. No, bro. it's big. It's big. It's like, ridiculous. Besides all the politics and, and whatever, yeah. the controversy this past year, that's big, man. That's Shout huge. Shout out. I remember when you, when you first mentioned that Tucson Bedi is doing a series with Barry Jenkins on the show, um, a lot of people didn't understand how huge that was, like from an Oscar-winning director, a person that did Moonlight. But I think like now um, you see because it's catapulted her to the top 
I mean, her and Ellen were talking about Amy's, bro. Mm. Like, she's not, she didn't do no dress, no gradual climb to the top. She's an A-list actor in America. Yeah. Like, one of the few actors that uh, Ellen and Oprah sit down and discuss, which is just amazing. It's amazing. Which just proves the argument that South Africa, Africa, and the world is talented. Like, we slingshot guys like Trevor Noah from local stars to top of the world, to Sombedu local, to top of the world, Nomza Mumbata local to up there. And you realize that, damn, what would, if we had these resources, yeah. how crazy would our industries be? Talent is talent, right? Doesn't talent matter is talent, where bro. It's found, it's, mm. it's talent. It's um, ridiculous. It's but, ridiculous. I, but I think, I was talking to you to another actor um, who, who mentioned that, you know, as overnight as it seems, she's been like yeah. behind the scenes even with her agents apparently like for yeah, instance the, hard. the thing with the you know how they announced that she's, she's cast in the film with Viola Davis mm. so apparently that was something that was circulated even before she started shooting Underground Railroad yeah. um, so clearly like as much as for now for us it seems like she did Underground Railroad and then obviously she was given yeah. that role. Yeah. This is something that she and her team, mm. like they're yeah. really working behind the scenes. Yeah, she says she was eyeing that role with exactly. Viola even before. I mean, her team was submitting to the Emmys while she was acting on, I forgot what she was acting on in South Africa. Yeah, it's Toons. Yeah. They were submitting to the Emmys then. Yeah. You know, if you go, how many South African actors even have a show reel? I think she got it nominated, right? Yeah, she was Toons. nominated, yeah. I think, for two Emmys. Yeah. But if you look at her show reel, you see that her team is actually working, putting her out yeah. there. But you do need a great team and you need the talent. They clearly believe in her and they, they're working for her, which is amazing. The synergy is crazy. But yeah, guys, congrats to Tusombeidu and uh, everybody that's doing amazing things. That is the end of the show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram at KVN underscore. Follow Blaze at Ditelo underscore Blaze. Instagram and Twitter. And just connect with us. Drop your thoughts on this whole Cornwall issue, racism in South Africa issue. And tell us what you think. Do you think Naomi is acting out? Or do you guys think that Roland Garros and other big corporates are just putting profit behind people's wellness? Let us know.